again, everybody. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb, and this is the Transporter Room, the convergence of sports, transness, sci-fi, gaming, nerd geek culture, and so much other stuff. And this week, we're continuing our trek through trans voices that you may not hear a lot of, but you need to hear. And more of these experiences to come in what is going to be kind of a show that takes a little bit of a different track we're going to be hearing voices that may be a little bit more familiar to you but they're going to be trans athletes talking about what you need to know about trans people as we head into november trans day of remembrance is coming up and some people said that trans awareness week is now a full trans awareness month well be aware we're here but before we get to that news of the week and a lot of the news of the week surrounded one brave hockey player late last week the person who had filed a sexual assault complaint against former chicago blackhawks video coach brad aldridge back in the blackhawks stanley cup season 2010 came forward Kyle Beach, now a player with Black Dragons effort in the German Oberliga North Division, the third division of German professional hockey, came forth and said they had filed the complaint. Back in 2010, he was sexually assaulted by Aldridge. Yet the team covered up the allegations they kept Aldridge on the staff through the playoffs and through their Stanley Cup run. Aldridge got the championship ring and the day with the cup. Kyle Beach got years of bad memories and no support from his team, their officials, and the worst of all, his teammates basically did nothing. In fact, it was reported that his teammates called him anti-gay slurs. Instead of offering compassion, they belittled his manhood. Direct quotes from an excellent article written on the situation by Outsports Alex Reimer. This article will have a link in the liner notes below. Also in the liner notes is an interview that Beach did last week with TSN's Rick Westhead. Now, Res Westhead is a hockey is a writer also for the New York Times and they're not working for TSN Sports Center and in many ways broke this story the following is a little snippet of an interview that Beach did with Westhead last week now if you want to watch the full interview and I really think you should it will be in the liner notes as well I did what I thought I had to do to to survive to continue chasing my dream and that was to not think about it to not talk about it, to ignore it, and um, that's all I could do because I was threatened and my career was on the line. And if I had that in my head, then there was no way I was going to be able to perform at the top of my top of my capabilities. After um, you went to the man to after management was told about what had happened, Brad Aldrich remained with the team for weeks. What was that like watching him on a daily basis interact with the team, seeing him at the, you know, at the parade, getting a Stanley Cup ring later that summer, having a day with the Stanley Cup? 
to be honest, Rick, I think the only way I can describe it is that I felt sick. I felt sick to my stomach. I reported this and I was made aware that it made it all the way up the chain of command by Doc Gary and nothing happened. It was like his life was the same as it was the day before. The same every day. And then when they won, to see him paraded around, lifting the cup at the parade, at the team pictures, at the celebrations, it made me feel like nothing. It made me feel like I didn't exist. It made me feel that I wasn't important. And it made me feel like that he was in the right and I was wrong. And that's also what Doc Gary told me was that it was my fault because I put myself in that situation. And the combination of these and him being paraded around, them letting him take the Stanley Cup to a high school with kids after they knew what had happened. There's no words to describe it, right? Again, the full interview, about 26 minutes, will be in the liner notes. Now, other voices also had a great deal to say. One for me stood out, and I want to play a little bit of what they said. Tara Sloan, reporter and analyst for Roger Sportsnet's hometown hockey, took the NHL in many ways to task for a lack of leadership, and not just on this issue. But over the last 18 months, as a fan, I have been disappointed. I have seen a league that has followed, not led, when it comes to uh, Black Lives Matter and racial justice and leading the way in that way. They are not. They're falling behind. I have seen a, a league that has followed and not led when it comes to staffing with women and people of color in places that matter. Um, I've seen a team this very calendar year uh, draft a player in the first round who was found to have distributed images, sexual images, without consent. And then this last week, we see the most heart-wrenching interview from Kyle Beach, the most heart-wrenching admission that I think we'll ever see in this game. Uh, and what I am seeing is all of the players, from the players to anybody who has a voice in this matter and who could say, I'm just so sorry, I see the culture of silence being upheld, and it is devastating. But if there's any good that comes from this bad situation, it just shows once again that the outsports motto rings true, that courage is contagious. And we've seen a lot of this courage in the last year and a half or so in athletics. Beach is stepping forward and doing what a group of U.S. gymnasts did earlier this year in speaking truth to their experiences and putting it for the people who could best do something about them and let them know that you're asleep at the wheel and it can't happen again. Now, some shout-outs because some goods happened this week. One shout-out comes to a soccer player in Australia named Josh Cavallo. Cavallo last week came out publicly as gay, first active professional men's soccer player in Australia's A-League to do so. Here's what he had to say. Growing up, I always felt the need to hide myself, you know, because I was ashamed. 
and ashamed I'll never be able to do what I love and be gay. You know, hiding who I truly am to pursue a dream I always wished for as a kid. All I want to do is play football and be treated equally. I'm tired trying to perform at the best of your ability and to live this double life. It's exhausting. It's something that I don't want anyone to experience. Cavallo also got a number of names of soccer, over 40 players in first division leagues around the world. Sent notes saying of support, sent notes of saying we're with you. And it's good to see once again, courage is contagious. And that's what we've seen in this year of 2021. Even with the downsides and even with the struggles, inclusion is still on a serious winning streak. Also, congratulations are in order to a friend of the podcast and now a newly elected member of the Jock Block. Former college basketball standout Adrian Ace Billings was elected to the town council of West Hartford, Connecticut on election day. Congratulations, town council person Ace Billings. Also, since we're on the day after an election, want to throw a shout out to another person who I admire, Virginia House of Delegates member Danica Rome. Danica was, was re-elected to her seat Tuesday night, her third consecutive term in the House of Delegates, the longest serving state level transgender person in the history of this country. And why does she keep getting sent back? Because simply put, she passes bills. Congratulations, Delegate Rome. Also, a shout out to Tiffany Abreu, star of the Brazilian Superliga side, Asasco Sao Cristobal. Do you think she was satisfied with just winning the Paulista? Oh, no, 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 no. Tiffany went out over the weekend, opening day of the Super, of the Superliga against Fluminense. 37 points, 21 kills. Nice start, Miss Abreu. And congratulations to another friend of the podcast, Brittany De La Creda. Their book, Hail Mary, The Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League, hits the bookshelves this week. It hits the libraries this week and the bookstores this week. And I'm pleased to announce that in December, Brittany's going to be on our forum. We're beaming them up to the transporter room to talk about this great book. By the way, my copy's coming hopefully in a few days. I look forward to reading it. And you're hearing the red and alert noise, you know what it means. It's time to give love to the sponsors. But when we come back, 10 things you need to know from trans athletes about trans people. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb, and for the last few weeks and continuing forward now to the end of the year, at least, 
we're taking a special look into stories that you may not have heard but need to hear coming directly from trans athletes themselves. First person accounts. Over the last few weeks, we've had a number of those, and more stories are coming in the weeks ahead, especially as we head towards Trans Day of Remembrance. And more and more, we need to hear these voices, especially after some of the things that we're seeing in the atmosphere. One of those has hit in the last day, and it's only gotten worse. We mentioned on last week's episode of the Transporter Room about a news item from the BBC where a researcher put forth research saying that a number of cisgender lesbian women have been accosted and forced into intimacy with transgender women. Now, the report itself platformed a number of people and a lot of dubious, spurious, I'm not going to say spurious, claims out and out lies. Well, those things metastasized in the last couple of days. One of the people quoted in the article is a person named Lily Cade. They are a self-described gold star lesbian porn actress. Well, they were platformed and interviewed in this article by the BBC. Well, it turns out that some investigation to her blog, one of the people who broke these, who broke out this manifesto was a person who's also another friend of the show and the host of the popular YouTube show Turf Wars, Katie Montgomery. Basically, what it pointed to was a number of posts on Cade's blog, which essentially called for the lynching of transgender women. It was very demeaning, vile, and disgusting. I will place a link in the liner notes directly to a thread on Katie Montgomery's page on Twitter which lays out some of the things that was said. I'm going to give you the trigger warning now. These things are vile, transphobic, and dare I say homicidal. But it again shows the mere fact that that a person with such views can be considered a source by a mainstream media and not have such thoughts questioned and not have due diligence done. And with that in mind, Now more than ever, this is why more and more voices, more and more trans voices need to be put forth. So I'm going to put a few forth for you around this idea. Here's 10 things you need to know about trans people coming from a group of trans athletes I know. And number one comes from me. Once again, To quote a really good friend of mine, get the story, not the tale. And too often we hear the tale. This BBC story is the is the tall tale. It's more of what I call the monster movie mentality. That trans people are this Godzilla rising up to eat your community and take your children. It's desperate, it's dire, it's dehumanizing. 
Another example of this is all the things that we heard in Texas, since we've been talking about Texas, things like this. We need young ladies to have continued access to sports without interference from biological males. If we have biological males competing in athletics of women's sports, and those schools that have that situation begin to win, and the other districts or other systems or other campuses do not, you will see, over a course of time, coaches trying to figure out how to compete against those biological males. I wanted to talk about this concept that we've been hearing all day about transgendered children. I get sick to my stomach when I hear that. Any parent that condones that, that's child abuse to me. That's the tale. The monster movie mentality. The idea that these transgender people are going to rise out of the swamp at night, come into your town, change everything, destroy your town, town, kidnap your kids, harm everything that you hold dear. It's desperate. It's dire. It's dehumanizing again. And stories like one we had on this podcast a few weeks ago, Get Lost in the Shuffle. Taylor Edelman, a man who's now working as a health advocate. When they were in college a decade ago, they were among the first student-athletes, trans-student-athletes, to play in the gender they identify with under the NCAA's then-new policy in regards to transgender student-athlete participation. And that, for them, was the light at the end of what was a long, dark tunnel finding themselves. It was winter break of my freshman year. I was home. There was some kind of issue with one of my brothers. I'm the youngest of five, by the way. It's just always a million kids around. But one of my brothers and I, we were playing a video game online. And you know how nasty people are online if they're losing or winning or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're trash talking. And I mentioned something and the kids said something about me liking girls and being a lesbian or being a dyke or whatever. And I just like went off because I think I had just had it. Like I was at a point in my life where I just absolutely had had it. And so I went off on this kid and then my brother told my mom what had gone down. So she came in my room and she was like, what was that all about? And your brother told me that, you know, this and this happened. She's like, do you have something to tell us? Like, are you gay or whatever? And I just started crying. And I was like, you have no idea what I've been dealing with for my entire life. I said, you have no, I just kept saying that. I was like, you have no idea and not really saying it. And then she was like, well, what is it? And I told her, and I was like, mom, I'm trans. I know I'm trans. I've known always since I was like four years old. And this is who I am. This is how I feel. And I thought it was a phase and that it would go away. And it's not gone away. And I'm 18. And what the hell? And, you know, she just sat there with me and, you know, kind of talked about it a little bit. And I remember pleading with her, like, don't tell dad, which is hilarious because I had no reason to say that. I think I just was mortified at, like, the single most important male figure in my life. But I think it got to a point where, you know, the following season, I spoke with my teammates and I said, look, you know, would you guys still be cool? Like if I switched over to the other team and would you, 
you know, how would you feel about that? Which is so funny that I was asking them for permission in a way because it wasn't their decision. And they were all overwhelmingly supportive. They're like, they were like, you're the best. Like, we love you. You know, you're going to be great. And I thankfully I had the same coach on the women's team as the men's team. So it was very easy for me to have that conversation. Stories like Edelman's again, get lost. And I encourage people to seek those stories out. Don't fall for the okie doke. Don't fall for the dehumanization. Number two, it's what I call the Chris Mosier doctrine. And I'm going to let Chris explain it. When you have a trans woman in a women's restroom, you have zero men in that restroom. Trans women are women and they belong in women's spaces. All I can say is, Mike, drop. Number three, understand, especially for the people who say that transphobia doesn't exist. There's no fear of trans people. Understand, the hate is real. Don't believe me? Ask a CC Telfer. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> it hurts because um, I fixate on it. You know, I, I think about it and it, it's in my head. But that's what's fueling the fire to really prove them wrong and shut them up. Or even, you know, make them boo louder. Because the louder they boo, the faster I run. So I do fixate on it. And I, I, I feel in, in, in myself that they don't know what they're booing for. They don't know that I'm a human being just like them. And at the end of the day these individuals are, if they consider themselves a good person, then they're being ignorant about the truth. Still not convinced? Here's golf pro Haley Davidson. People obviously make up preconceived notions of, you know, for some reason we all, I guess in society, we seem to be portrayed as bodybuilders who put dresses on and win sports. I, I get, for some reason, I guess that's what people think we are. <laughs> I don't get it. I didn't, I don't read the articles anymore just because a lot of them are pretty filled with hate, you know, like say if I Google my name right now, you can always tell the, the conservative papers because within the first six words of the headline, it either says X male college golfer or by <laughs> male, you know, that's one of the two. And I'm like, I feel it's funny because they think putting these things in are going to hurt me. And we can't forget about a person who's been targeted by name in a number of these hearings collegiate distance runner, and former Big Sky champion, June Eastwood. The sort of tired vitriol of the, the ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, um, and specifically, um, well, Mary Kate Marshall and Maddie Kenyon, uh, who are two ISU athletes who I apparently competed against. Uh, I never met these two girls because, well, well partially because they, they weren't... Um, people that I saw around races. I, I mean, I met a lot of their teammates um, who are wonderful and supportive of me and friendly. Um, and, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, two girls who, who have results where, you know, they're also getting beat by 44 cisgender women athletes, pick the one trans woman um, to sort of single out, even though, in most of these races that I ran, well, and actually every single race that I ran against both of them, I didn't win those races. Understand, yes, the hate is real. Number four, too often we hear this. It's those trans athletes versus women. Okay, let's ditch the, again, monster movie mentality. 
ditch that. Transgender woman, cisgender woman. And a lot of people say that leads to that next thing. You don't see any trans men wanting to play sports with men. Okay, first, transgender men, cisgender men, one. And number two, there's a reason why you don't hear a lot about the fellas in all this because they don't sell the agenda that the anti-trans people out there who are putting all this legislation up are trying to sell. And just because you don't know that there are trans masculine people out there in sport playing doesn't mean it's not there. And they're more than there. That's number four. Stop erasing trans masculine people like a Mitch Harrison who went on the Titan games last year. Standing there backstage as, they're, as they were getting us ready for the competition because they, they had it set up where we were actually kind of going back to back to back. So other competitors were in front of us and then you had the next people on deck ready to go for their competition. And, you know, you're just kind of standing there almost similar to like in a basketball game where you're kind of on the, like behind the stands and the, in the tunnel way there. And you can hear all the cheering going on, all the noise. You can feel the energy in the arena. It was very similar to that actually. And, uh, but at the same time, there's a difference when, you know, Dwayne Johnson's right there and you can see him doing his announcing and got the cameras on him. You've got cameras on us and you, you can, you get to the point where they show your face and your name up on the, basically up on the jumbotron there <laughs> in the Titan arena. And it's like, wow, okay, here we go. And stop erasing people like triumph award-winning college basketball coach Lane Ingram. What is the problem? Is 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 my is my answer to it. what's the problem? Like who, who's coming for you? You know, I mean, I guess like I said, if I had known, I guess I would have came for somebody's spot because I can shoot and I can play and I'm a competitor and that's that's what athletes are. If you're an athlete, you know, you put the time in, right? You do the work, right? It pays off. That's how it works. For example, like look at me right now. When I walk around, nobody knows that I'm trans. You know, and on one hand, that's the goal that you're trying to get to. But on the other hand, right, like I can't hide that. I'm not trying to hide that. I want, I want to be, I want everybody to know I'm out and proud. Number five, understand we will speak out. We will speak out when we're wronged and we're going to speak out for our rights. And we're going to speak out when people speak out of the pocket, like Fallon Fox did after Alana McLaughlin's debut a couple months back. Your moxie rubbed off on her because when all the guff came on social media after the fight, Alana definitely handled it, including a certain Jake Shields who she just basically oh. snatched, his, <laughs> snatched his edges up. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the comment section on that thread? Oh, oh my uh, gosh. Oh, oh people, people were giving him the business. Because I think that's the an understatement. <laughs> yeah, because of the juxtaposition of the photo of her uh, pre-transition and, you know, after transition. Um, really wild stuff because as you, when you, when you see, when you sit there and you look at the photo, you can tell, you can tell that she's smaller. You can tell the, the fat displacements on her body. You can just tell that, you know, she's a totally different person you know, than she was before. So I don't know what the point of that, even bringing that up was, other than to self-own. 
if the pioneer is going to speak out, the heir is going to speak out too. Here's what here's what McLaughlin had to say. Just showing up is enough to to put me in that conversation and in that fight. Um, I mean, much like it was with Fallon, I fully anticipate as soon as this stuff hits the news, uh, I'll be the new boogeyman for Fox. Um, but Fox News, all the right wing pundits, you know they won't be able to keep my name out of their mouth as soon as this happens. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm tailor-made to be scary to them. You know, former special forces trans woman beating up real women in the cave. You know, it, it's, it, it, yeah, they're going to run with it. And part of speaking out is we're going to proclaim who we are, why we are, what we think, and why we'll protect our rights. That's something that Roller Derby World Champion Juniper Simonis does on the regular. Coming up with like what happened with Caster and like that horrible ruling. And again, like this is, you know, like white misogynistic colonialist imperialistic views of bodies and what gender is to come here and say that Caster is not a woman. Right. Like, what is that? Like, what is that except horrible racism sexism like white supremacy like that's all that is and it's that same set of gnarled stuff in a stew that creates all of these other things around trans policies and stuff they're all drawn from that same thing of defining what a woman is and that woman is white femininity that woman is like not it has no athletic build, right? Like maybe like is like more of a waif or maybe is like soft, right? Like is not chiseled, right? Like it's the same stuff that like somebody like Serena has to deal with, right? Like when they go out there and are just jacked. And again, like this is, you know, like white misogynistic colonialist imperialistic views of bodies and what gender is to come here and say that Castro is not a woman, right? Like what is that? Like, what is that except horrible racism, sexism, like white supremacy? Like, that's all that is. On to number six. Not only will we speak out, when we're on the field, we're not afraid to show out. A lot of people think, oh, trans people, why do they want to be in sports? For the same reason anyone does. Because we want to test ourselves in competition. And sports are fun. Competition's fun. We're going to show out. It's our stage two. Just ask June Eastwood. Because remember, they won a championship in college. They showed out. What was it like when she towed that line and ended up first? I knew because I had raced a lot of these girls before. A lot of these women, rather. Um, that that i mean any one of like six women could have won that race um on any given day just depending on 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 whose body was feeling right um and told the line next again next to my friend pippy um and i get into this race and we're sort of just relaxed i'm sitting about mid-pack for uh probably about the first 800 um, and I, I decide, uh, I look over at my coach, um, 
who is wildly waving his arms up, up, like uh, crank up the pace just a little bit, uh, just just because he know I, I, he just knew me because of running practices and races so well. Like he he, I looked a little too relaxed apparently, um, and so of course I pick it up and I end up sort of right behind or right with uh, Michaela Malaspina, who actually won the 5K the night before, and then a couple hours after our mile race ended up going and winning the 3K, and then also was second in the in the mile. So she had just an incredible meet. Um, incredible, like she was so fit. Um, and again, going into the, the last three laps, last 600, um, I look over at my coach again and, you know, he, up, up, up. So I was kind of just taking cues from him and I was uncomfortable, but again, like a mile race at that point is always going to be uncomfortable. Um, and you just know that it, it will end eventually. Um, and I'm, I'm just worried that these people behind me are going to catch me. Like if I slow down even a second, then I'm just going to get past. Um, and, uh, again, like, I guess I didn't, I thought they were there the whole time until I crossed that finish line. Now on to number seven. Understand something. Trans people are tired. We're tired of having to wage a campaign for our rights and humanity every day. We're tired of having to walk out of our doors, go into the world with our heads on a swivel. We're tired. You think J.C. Cooper, power lifter, an advocate, isn't tired? Tired of the same fight over and over and over again. Spending more time in courtrooms with legal briefs than at the place where she feels at home, a lifting platform. I don't want anyone to experience what I and other trans athletes have and continue to experience having our basic human dignity question and opportunities denied because we are trans. We all benefit when sports are as inclusive as possible, when we organize around our shared humanity and collective empowerment. And another person I know who's an hour past tired about having the same story regurgitated over and over again because people are hanging on to something that's been debunked nine different ways to Sunday is Mac Beggs. Yes, he's tired. Recently, like you said, people don't know what a trans female is or a trans male is. For instance, the picture with me looking like I'm cutting my friend's throat in a wrestling match thinks that I'm a trans, fem- trans female in that photo. I was like, They thought that I was biologically born a male transitioning to be female and i just comment i'm just like if you want to talk and have an educated conversation about this topic you could personally message me and we could have an educated conversation or i literally just type a whole essay of i honestly need to just get an essay to where i'm just like click copy paste (laughs) right up into the comment (laughs) and just have and just have people just read it because they, at the end of it, people are enlightened by it. They're like, yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea there was these rules in place. I already, I had no idea that they went through this horm- 
already hormonal therapy uh, that uh, that they were already being monitored by these organizations, um, et cetera, et cetera, and that uh, the state is the one that are failing these athletes. Um, it's not it's not the org- it's, not, it's not the organizations. It's the state laws that is what's failing these athletes, and people right. are not yeah. understanding yeah. that. Now on to number eight. Whether it's a parent to a child, a teacher in a school, a coach, an athletic director, friends, teammates, understand this. And college softball player E. Kerr let us know how important this is when they talked about it when they came to the podcast a few weeks ago. Support matters. So I actually told my coach that I identified as trans back when I was a sophomore and we had someone from our women's center on our university come in and discuss gender and sexuality with our team. And that went so well. Like our coach made us cancel practice to keep continuing that conversation and just like learn all of the different identities and how it impacts daily life for people who identify as trans or as non-binary or as gay. And everyone just was so intrigued by it. So I think that was the first big step in kind of unifying us all and like starting to have them understand this is what I'm going through. And maybe even some of them were going through identity issues at the time. And that was very helpful for them as well. And so they never really not supported me. Like when I told them I was having top surgery, they were all so kind. They wrote me a card and got me like a gift basket after and then I, they knew I was going to start hormones after because I'm very open about like all of that with them. And so it's just kind of been like, they love having me there and they always support me and it's not really changed anything. On to number nine, and disabled rights advocates have it pegged right on this one. Nothing about us without us. And too often when rules are made, laws are passed, everybody is sitting at the table but the subject of law, the discussion, and in many cases, the vitriol. Trans people like me and trans people like two pioneers, Caroline Late and Kirstie Miller. Here's what they had to say about this. Now, you know what really peeves me off is that, as I said, our, our playing experience and all that. And, and look, I played at a higher level in both rugby league, a rugby union and rugby league. I represented New South Wales in women's rugby league, which is now huge here in Australia. And, you know, where they get, that's, that's rates huge, you know, on TV and they get big crowds of 10,000. So what really peeved me off was um, that our experience is just, it's just pushed aside, you know, like um, if you ask anyone, it's a little bit like um, they have these committees about indigenous people over here and, you don't see an Indigenous person on it and you go, you know, WTF, <laughs> you know, like, you just don't, you just, it's just ridiculous, you know, like, um, and so for me, the the whole, just erasure is what upset me. I've read this stuff and lived and breathed as an international athlete myself. I'm not talking as a, a deer in the headlights here. And unfortunately, voices like mine are often ignored or, or airbrushed by by, by people like Ross Tucker. Like, he should be begging to speak to people like us that have lived and breathed these changes and lived and breathed them as a, an elite athlete. Like, 
people like myself are quite unique in this conversation, you know. They keep saying that trans athletes were just mediocre men. Well, Kirsty wasn't mediocre. I beat every man in the world, <laughs> you know. And at last, we've come to number 10. Number 10, to me, is the most important, and it's simple. We just want to play, and we just want to live our lives. That's it. And this voice you're about to hear was, as I said earlier, one of the inspirations for the column I wrote last week. Sonny Bryant is a young transgender girl down in Texas. And all she wants to do is have a chance to play with her friends. And if she chooses to, represent her school on a ball field. She just wants to play, but more so, she just wants to live. This is what she had to say at a hearing where she stood in front of Texas legislators, including well-known anti-trans cisgender activist Valerie Swanson. And yes, there's a reason why I refer to the Republican representative in that fashion. It's because of how she feels about kids like Sonny and has openly said so. Here's what Sonny Bryant had to say. Hi, my name is Sonny Bryant and I represent myself and I oppose HB 25. You may have seen my testimony for basically the same bill. I'm kind of famous now, but not for anything great like winning a spelling bee or the Houston Rodeo mutton busting. Instead, I'm known for being myself, publicly. Something I never wanted to do. Something most, most kids don't have to think about. When I was four, yes four, I got, to tell, I got the courage to tell my parents that they should have made me a girl. I was meant to be a girl. I love my mom and dad so much. <clears throat> Next to my brother, they're my best friends. They will do whatever it takes to make me safe. They won't stop. Even if it means moving to another state that doesn't attack kids like me. Why are you attacking me? I'm really great. I have lots of friends, I love to read, and I love playing sports like baseball, soccer, and gymnastics. My teacher described me as the most studious and yet somehow the funniest kid in class. My mom has never been more proud that it's all she wanted out of us kids, to be smart and funny. I shouldn't be here right now. I should be in school. Wednesdays is Espanol and Art, my favorite class. My first visit to the capital, the capital should have been on a school field trip, not defending my right to exist. But if I don't show up, you won't see the real stories. Kids like me whose futures will be crushed, opportunities taken away before I'm even given a chance to try. I think maybe you need more trans people in your life. Every time I meet trans kids and grown-ups, my heart grows. Don't be a Grinch. Let your heart grow. Please let me run as fast as I can, skin my knees sliding into home, and cheer for my teammates when they win. Let me play with girls because I am a girl. Vote no on HB25. There you have it. Ten things you need to know about trans people 
coming from trans athletes. Really think about it. Really chew on these voices that you heard and what they had to say. Especially in this month and especially in these times, but even beyond this month. We ask that you listen and we ask that you heed. Yes, it's that important. At the gut level, this is not the monster movie. These are real people with real lives, real hopes, real dreams, real ambitions. Again, we just want to play, and we just want to live. That's the transporter room for this week. And just a reminder, if there's something you want to see or something you want to say about what we're doing here, please leave a message on our Twitter page, leave a message on our Facebook page, and now... You can also come to our new Instagram presence, Transporter Room 10 Forward. Yes, it's up, it's running, and it's fully operational. We look forward to you being there too. And there's going to be some content placed there in the coming days. So keep a watch for it. That's the Transporter Room for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper. Steady as she goes. I'll catch you next week.